Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Thursday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke Lipinski. Wolf, what's going on? Uh, not a whole lot, I would imagine, right now, uh, just because both quarterbacks for the game coming <laughs> up on Sunday appeared on the injury report. One is in concussion protocol, of course, and the other has a bad ham. Uh, not much is going on no, for the most no part. Deal. Uh, every time we play fulcrum football, and we're not playing it today, but every, we play it on Fridays, um, the only times quarterbacks have ever been drafted because it is frowned upon is every time the Cardinals play the Rams. And I don't think you were doing this intentionally at first, but every time you've taken both quarterbacks, we might not even have either of the quarterbacks for this game. Yeah, you know, and you have to wonder, how does that impact this game right now? I think it hurts well, the Cardinals a lot more than the Rams. There's no doubt about it, man. There's no doubt about it, especially when you look at John Wolford, the backup quarterback, of course, for the Los Angeles Rams. And you remember Wolford, from what was it, the game in 2020? Was it in 2020 yes. where John Wolford actually got the start at State Farm Stadium at that point in time and um, beat the Arizona Cardinals 18-7, to I believe, the final score? Yeah, I blocked that game out of my memory, and I thought I'd never have to say John Wolford's name on the air here again, and yet here we are. Uh, the stakes are not quite as high because that was basically win and you're in. Uh, it doesn't feel like that right now, but the stakes are high because it might be losing you're out this week for both teams. And Matthew Stafford really hasn't been good for the Rams. Not like Kyler's been amazing consistently for the Cardinals, but yeah, if you're telling me both these quarterbacks, it's it's like it's like when you're watching basketball and two guys get thrown out, right? Like Draymond Green gets Devin Booker to get thrown out or something. That's obviously going to hurt the Suns more than the Warriors. <laughs> Matthew yes. Stafford is important. He's their starting quarterback. He just won a Super Bowl, but he hasn't been good this year. No, he really it's hasn't. Been bad it's this just, year. I know. It is amazing, but it's just a reminder again of the offensive line. We've talked about it pretty much all week long, but the offensive line for the Rams is a complete mess, and... Um, that is going to be the highlight of what will Wolf watch, by the way, today. It really is the Rams offense. You cannot talk about the Rams offense and the struggles of the Rams offense without talking about their lack of protection for Matthew Stafford, their lack of protection. He's getting knocked around big time. And not only that, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, these guys trying to run the ball for the Rams, it has not gone well. And it's all because of their offensive line. They are struggling. Mightily. Yeah, these are two teams now heading into Week 10, Wolf, where I'm looking at the injury report, and I'm like, wow, this is lengthy. And then you realize, but to get the, the full story, you really have to go look at their depth chart and find all the guys on IR, too. Yes. Before you can even, because the Rams don't have a ton of guys on the injury report on the offensive line, because they're all already out. <laughs> and if you go through the uh, the Cardinals, I'm going to give you the Cardinals injury report, okay? But okay. I'm, but I'm going to do, before I do that, I'm just going to remind everybody of the guys that are on IR, Right. Okay. So, like Nick Vigil, Richard Lawrence, uh, Will Hernandez, now Justin Pugh, Josh Miles, Antoine Wesley, Daryl Williams, Hollywood Brown. These guys don't even show up on the injury report because it's a foregone conclusion. They're out. They're already on IR. Yeah, okay. So, correct. however many names that just was seven, eight, nine names. Now we'll get to the injury report for the Cardinals. These guys were limited in practice, and these are big names. Dennis Gardeck, DJ Humphreys, Jonathan Ledbetter, Christian Matthew, Rondale Moore, Matt Prater, JJ Watt. Those guys were all limited. So no guarantees they play. Right. 
These guys didn't practice, so less of a chance they play. Kyler Murray, Buda Baker, Kelvin Beecham, Cody Ford, Max Garcia, uh, Rodney Hudson, and Byron Murphy. <laughs> Did on. you just mention the whole offensive line for the Arizona Cardinals? Yes. Are they actually there? They actually showed up on the injury report, okay, so, the entire offensive line? So I believe they've officially shifted Hernandez to IR. Hudson's on the injury report. Beecham's on the injury report. DJ Humphreys is on the injury report. Justin Pugh's already out for the year. That's your starting Wasn't offensive Cody line. Cody Ford also? Cody Ford's also on the injury Cody report. Cody Ford? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Max now Max Garcia, Garcia who's yeah. going to be the starter. So it's not just the entire starting five. It's two guys after that, too. <laughs> they need a third yeah. offensive line. Not yeah. to mention the quarterback, Buda Baker and Byron Murphy. You know, and isn't it, isn't it interesting that I was talking about this again, and I'm not saying this based on audience. Please understand. To say, look at me, look at me. I am not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, it, it truly is a great reminder of a football fact. A football fact. And a football fact, it, it speaks to the essence of the game. And the essence of the game means your offensive line needs to be good enough to allow your talent to go do what your talent does. And if they're not good enough to do that, if there's breakdowns on a regular basis, whether you're trying to run the ball or whether you're trying to throw the ball, um, your talent's not going to be able to show what their talent can. You could have the best wide receiving core in the National Football League, but your quarterback is under so much duress, he can't throw the ball to him. Yeah, I mean, receivers, if you look at the Cardinals' offense, the best thing they have going for them right now is DeAndre Hopkins is healthy, and I actually don't think I saw James Conner on here, but I also read 47 names. Uh, yeah, James Conner. Uh, but but Hopkins James is James Conner is not on there. He's not on the injury yes, report. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, so, but Hopkins, I mean, he's played in three games. He seems like he's the healthiest, best Cardinal out there, but he's at a position where Kyler Murray's missing seven offensive linemen and Kyler Murray's hurt. The ball may never even get anywhere near DeAndre Hopkins. And they're facing Aaron Donald this week. Here's Kyler Murray. Um, This is from Hard Knocks last night, which we're going to get into in a little bit, but specifically that hamstring injury that, that put him on the injury report yesterday. If you watched Hard Knocks last night, you saw that it happened in the second quarter when he told the trainer this. So I felt my Yeah. Then he couldn't said he couldn't run full speed because of it. Are you healthy? So tweet. My hands. I was in that bitch jogging, fam. Not jogging, but like trying not to like fully open up on it. That's not great. That happened before the run where he fumbled. Yeah. Uh, they showed him talking to the trainer before they ever even showed that run, which, you know, that run, uh, maybe he gets caught and fumbles anyway. But I do remember watching in real time being like, that's weird. Kyler doesn't usually yeah. get caught on the runs. Like, if he's going to run, he usually sure. runs. Yeah, there's no doubt. But there's no excuse not to cover the ball. No, that cover the is, ball. You don't need and, your hamstring for that. And that's all you need to do is cover the ball. There's no excuse not to do that. You can train yourself to do it. Go ahead and grab the ball, tuck it in, and run. You can still run very, very fast. He's going to have to, isn't he? Because this is twice this season. Yeah, and absolutely. He typically is so fast, but he holds it like he's holding a drink. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Collar, um, he, he's very liberal with the football. Let's put it that way. And this has happened twice right now. He's got to do whatever he can to try to cover up, tuck the ball in, and that means you're, you're going to have to go ahead and tuck it away. You're going to have to make it possible. 
part of what you do and train your mind and train yourself. Because so much of the time when you get in a football game, as you would imagine, the stress base in earnings that fills you, it's palpable. And many times you just revert back to what you've done your whole life so much of the time, which with Kyler, it's not securing the ball. He needs to go ahead and make it something intentional. He's got to work on on it in practice, and he's got to make it intentional. And if he does that, he'll be fine. But he, he's got to fix that problem because once you put it on tape, here it comes. Everything. Everything is going to be about that now. Yeah. Watching Kyler run with the ball and trying to knock it out. Seattle's done it to him twice this season, and he's when he runs, he typically is able to get down or get out of bounds before anybody even touches him. That's one of his best skills as far as speed sure. and self-preservation, but Seattle's done it to him twice, and you're 100% right. Other teams should look at that and say, look, he's so tough to tackle, but look how easy it is to knock the ball out if you can get near him. Uh, now, for the Rams, Matthew Stafford may not play. He's in concussion protocol. Here's Sean McVay. We'll keep Matthew Stafford out. We'll put him in the concussion protocol. Um, what ended up happening was, you know, Reggie and his group doing their kind of cleanup after the game. You know, you, you ask the questions and you do the right follow-ups and uh, determine that they felt like that was the best thing for him. And um, that's kind of where we're at with it. It's uh, more importantly about, you know, the person than the player and these types of things, as we know. And nobody's more of a competitor and wanting to be out there with his teammates than Matthew. He's in the protocol. So we'll take it a day at a time with him. And um, that was what uh, our medical experts determined just based on some of the things that they gathered was uh, the smart and the right course of action. Yeah, Stafford has not been good this year, but let's not pretend that that doesn't also hurt the Rams if he's unable to go, even though John Wolford does have that win over the Cardinals a couple years ago. You'd rather face the backup than Stafford. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Matthew Stafford has got all the talent you could possibly have for a quarterback in regard to his arm talent and throwing the ball. He, He is the defending Super Bowl champion quarterback. Um, yeah, so of course you'd like Matthew Stafford to miss this game if, in fact, you're inclined to saying, you know what, um, we'd like to have as many Rams out of this game as we could possibly have. I am not. Um, you know what, I, I think the Arizona Cardinals are in a must-win situation right now. I despise myself for saying that, yet I feel that. I do. I feel like this is a must-win situation for the Arizona Cardinals. And because of that right now, if you're going to tell me Matthew Stafford's going to miss this game, all right, we'll get you next time, okay, Matthew? Hey, we'll, Matthew, we'll, we'll see you next We'll get you next, next time. Yeah. Um, look, and the thing is... I think you can beat Stafford because he turns the ball over. This well, feels like a throw into Isaiah Simmons type of game, but the card. But in a one game scenario, he yeah, could revert no, he back he could. to suddenly throw for four hundred yards. He, he could. Um, and the, the bigger issue for the Cardinals is what you laid out at the beginning. You have none of your offensive line left, and you're facing Aaron Donald, who is not on this injury report. <laughs> so yeah. All right, we come back with Cam Johnson. You and had to end it with that. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, ending Honestly, it, but really, it's foreshadowing for the rest of the doing? show. With Cam Johnson and Chris Paul out last night, the Suns needed somebody to help Devin Booker offensively, and Mikel Bridges answered the call. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, before Hard Knocks last night, we're going to get into Hard Knocks quite a bit because they did they did show us 
I felt like some 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 questions got answered during Hard Knocks last night. We'll really? get into that. Yes. Okay. Cool. Before that, last night you got to watch the Suns beat the Timberwolves. No Chris Paul. No Cam Johnson. Not really an amazing game by DeAndre Ayton. What do you have? Nine and six. Yeah. So it wasn't. We asked this question a few times yesterday of who's going to be the guy that steps up with Cam Johnson specifically out. Although last night Chris Paul was out as well. And we got our answer for a night. I do kind of wonder if this is going to rotate over the course of the next one to two months with Cam. For Chris Paul, it was pretty simple. Campaign just stepped in 23 points, eight assists, six rebounds. No big deal. Shot right around just a little under 50% from the field. Hit four threes. Campaign answered that question for a night. And he's done this in the past. When Chris Paul's out and he starts, he plays well. Mikel Bridges, though, was the guy. 31 points last night. In addition to everything he does defensively. Not bad. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't want to just gloss over campaign. No. I really do not. You should because, not. And I know Mikel was the player of the game, man. There's no doubt about that. But campaign and what he did, he went out and I thought he was efficient. Now, his assist to turnover rate wasn't as good as you'd like to see it. Um, yet at the same time, the, the Suns had an offense. And yes, Devin Booker lit it up. He took control, especially in that second half. And we'll talk about that momentarily. But campaign went out and was efficient enough for this Phoenix Suns team to go out and build this massive lead against the T-Wolves and look like um, look like a really, really good team in the NBA. Yeah, that's, that's the sort of game where it's like, okay, everything we've been talking about, you don't have Jay Crowder. You have depth that your issues, there are questions, I should say, that you're working out. And then you lose Cam Johnson and Chris Paul to your starting lineup. And yeah. it's, it's not like D.A., like I said, he had nine and six yeah. last night. Yeah. That's the sort of game playing Minnesota, you you lose, right? That's the sort of game. It's, hey, it's game number 11 of the season. It probably means a little bit more to Minnesota to get you. And they didn't lose. They they were cruising for most of that game. They were up by 22 entering the, the fourth quarter. And, yeah, Devin Booker gives you 32 points. And and Mikel Bridges gives you 31, and Landry Shamit couldn't miss in the first half. That helped. Sure. Campaign, though, specifically, since he did bring him up, they asked him uh, how much he talked to Chris Paul before a game like that. Is there anything that you and Chris talked about before the game that maybe get your mind even in another place? Nah, my mind was already right. <laughs> And he talked about how important pushing the pace was, which is always big with campaign. Ooh, it was huge. You know, they had two big, so we, you know, I always try my best to uh, push the pace. And, you know, when I'm in there, I'm always trying to push the pace. So it was a 30, what, 35 minutes just for the pace today. <laughs> so now I just try to do that more. Plus two, once again, um, he, I, I loved everything that I saw from campaign last night. Again, I'd like to see his assist to turnover rate be a little bit better. But at the same time, all things considered, I thought, you know what? That is, I'm going to put that in the plus column right now where James Jones will look at that and say, you know, yeah, we don't need to go get anybody to run the point. We don't need to get anybody to do this. We got D-Book. He can do it from time to time. D-Book had a very good night, very productive night in terms of actually doing Distributing. I just assume D-Book's going to drop 30 on Minnesota every time they right. play. And now. also yet distributing, getting other mm-hmm. people involved as well. So, yeah, you know what? Campaign right now, well done. Uh, we won't go look for anybody at the deadline. 
as of now. Campaign with, <laughs> with eight assists, too. And, and he did talk about that afterwards, the emphasis he put on that. He always set the tone with taking care of the ball. Uh, caught the bench, I had some turnovers, but tonight that was a big thing on my mind. Try to try to be efficient on offensive end without turning the ball over. I've been turning the ball over a lot lately, so I just want to hop on it. Yeah, if he's able to to cut that down like he was like he did last night, if he's able to do that consistently, because yes. that has been an issue in the past. If yes. he's able, I mean, then yeah, you know, then your issue becomes okay. Who's your backup point guard when campaigns your starter? But then it's not so much to ask of Devin Booker to say, hey, can you run point book for you know, yes. eight minutes tonight or whatever? In addition to everything else you do, yeah, no doubt. And you know what's amazing too about last night? The first thing I think of is the fact that we were looking for DeAndre Ayton in particular to step up and become that second score. We're, we were looking for him to do it. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, okay, who do you think will step up? Who, who do you think will do it? And so much of the time, I take Mikel Bridges for granted. I just do. He's a good player. He's a great two-way player. I take him for granted. Mikel Bridges, I never think of Mikel Bridges being the guy that's going to go out and score 30. Because he's I never doing think, so much other Because stuff. he's doing so much other things, so many other things to help the Suns win games. And <laughs> sure enough, it wasn't DeAndre Ayton who actually stepped up. It was Mikael Bridges. And I think we take him for granted too much and forget about Mikael. No, well, I, I think for me, with Mikael, it's like, okay, yeah, he's already doing all this other stuff, though. Can you really ask him to go out there and drop 31? I, I, I think back to that time in the playoffs. And I referenced this with Kellen the other day. It was Brian Windhorst we had on, right, during the playoffs after he had that 31-point game against New Orleans. And Windhorst was like, look, if he played like that every night, if he could give you 30 points every right. night in addition to everything else he does, you have the best player in the NBA. He's doing so many other – I mean, how many – he had four steals last night, and it felt like he had eight, especially in the first half. Like You could just tell Mikel was was – was in like he was in the zone from opening tip last night and he ends up finishing with the 31 points four steals five assists nine rebounds has a block and honestly that stat line <laughs> doesn't even tell you the whole story he hit a couple threes shot what is that 60 percent from yeah. the field did you mention his nine rebounds as well i it mean was, you it know, was mixed he, in there he basically was all over the place man um and since we are all over the he place, led the team in rebounds as well yeah you know uh, again mccall I, I just think i respect him so much as a player a guy guy that um, can do an awful lot. A guy that can get to the rack. He can. We saw that and we've seen that again. Um, a guy that can shoot the three. A guy that can play defense at a championship level. Play defense as one of the best defenders in the association. It just... Uh, I, I think Mikel Bridges is the guy that um, we should start looking at and expecting this more from. Even though he does so many other things for this team, I think the next time we have a conversation, who's going to step up? Oh, Cam Johnson. Who's going to step up in the absence of Cam Johnson? Mikel Bridges should have been the first name out of my mouth. No, DeAndre Ayton should have been the first name out you of know, your mouth. I don't know, though, because, again, um, I think what we're seeing with D.A. is D.A. Yeah. This, this I, at some point in time, I'm going to have to admit it and just say this is the way that it's going to be. And I'm not saying that I'm not a D.A. fan. I'm not. Um, I respect the guy. I do. I just don't know if he's the get me the ball guy or I'm going to explode. And, um 
that's disappointing. There are stretches of the game. There was stretches of the game last night when they were up and Minnesota started to come back, and it, it was it was like this is just four Suns players shooting threes, and you do have Aiton out there. Could you run some more plays for Da? Yeah, but. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think we're going to have to have, like, as a city, like, uh, just we all sit down and have a nice counseling session of DeAndre Ayton's a good player. He is. He's a likable guy. Maybe we should, for our own enjoyment of basketball, stop expecting him to take another major step. Because I. Yes. He's just not, enjoy whatever yeah, he gives you right now. Yeah, enjoy what he's giving you. Because he is giving you stuff. Although, I will say As this. As I say that, I want to puke. <laughs> I, I, stop that. I, I will say. Well, no, he shouldn't no. accept it. I'm just I'm, saying, as as a fan base, we might need to accept I, it. I will never accept it. I am I'm a little sorry. concerned, though, by this as we head to break. His rebound totals in his last five games, six, seven, six, eight, three. And yeah. the New Orleans game, he only played eight minutes. But, um, but it's... Got to be double digits. Like I, I'm, I'm cool going to lay. Let's just accept DA is 16 and 12 every night, and that's fine, and that's what it's going to be, and he doesn't have to be more than that. But it, he can't be nine and six. That's no. not going to work. They're not going to win. No, <laughs> they won last night, but they're not going to consistently win if if that's all you're getting from DA. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. All right, we come back. Episode one of Hard Knocks last night was actually pretty enlightening. Who stole the show for the Cardinals? We'll give you our biggest takeaways next on Hard Knocks with Hard Rock. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I don't think it ever hurts to put an extra camera in somebody's face to try to get the best out of them. Previously on Hard Knocks. I'm tired of losing. my heart. I'm tired of losing at home. We need to get this together. I love y'all boys, man. Let's go, man. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Ready for a show. Get ready for a show. This is Hard Knocks with Hard Rock. Wolf and Luke on last night's episode of Hard Knocks, in season with the Arizona Cardinals. That's the only way to cover Hard Knocks on this show is with some Hard Rock. Huh? Uh, look, okay, this was must-see viewing in my house last night. I think it was for a lot of Cardinals fans, but maybe you didn't get to watch it. Maybe you don't have HBO, whatever. This is uh, this is how we're going to catch you up on it every Thursday. And there's obviously no spoiler alerts because you already know that the Cardinals lost to the Seahawks. But it did not disappoint episode one last night, Wolf. It, was, uh, it, was, it showed us a lot behind the scenes. And when you cover the team as closely as I do, and you cover it even more closely than I do, it's tough to find stuff we don't know, and they showed us some stuff like Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I need to create a disclaimer, okay? Because okay. anyone that has listened to me, you know the way I feel about this. The assault, it is on the locker room. They have cameras and live mics inside that locker room, inside that facility building. You know how I feel about this. As a player, I would have absolutely hated it. Yet at the same time, as I continue in that philosophy and believe that philosophy, I will tell you, as somebody watching it, <laughs> this is kind of cool, man. It was, good. It was it kind of cool. It's it's done at such a high level of production, uh, quality production, that it's hard not to appreciate it. All right. Uh, we got a few different categories. We're going to break it down for you. So let's start. Standout Sound. Standout sign, sound for me, Wolf. This uh, there was quite a few actually sound bites from that show, but the one the one that uh, that wins out for me is Vance Joseph just losing his mind on that bootleg to Noah Fant. As we all were watching it, okay, this guy's wide open. Here's a 51 yard play that's pretty much going to end the game for the Cardinals. Here's Vance. First down of the Seattle 15. Play action. He boots to the right. The boot. There's the boot. We talked about the boot. Oh my God! We talked about 
just ignored any type of bootleg. You can't do it in that situation. Great call by the Seahawks. Ants calling it out as it happens. And honestly, good to hear, I guess, that they did talk about it ahead of time. It just didn't help. Yeah, you know, honestly, that that is what the bootleg is all about. Um, that's what running play action and using play action is all about. Not just being in the pocket, but also the bootleg or the waggle. The waggle is to the weak side of the formation. It's a bootleg nonetheless. You got to use this stuff because what you're banking on, somebody's not going to be on top of their assignment. Somebody wasn't. Somebody is going to actually bite on the fake. Somebody doesn't want Kenneth Walker to run all over them again. Exactly right. And because of that, it works. That's the power of play action, and bootlegs and waggles are play action. This was uh, your standout sound from last night, Kyler Murray, talking about Buddha. If I had to go to war with one dude on this team, it would be Buddha. And I think everybody in this locker room, everybody in this building understands why. You know, gives everything for his teammates, uh, loves his teammates. He's a dog. That's the definition of Buddha. Man, Buddha, there's no doubt about it. Buddha is the kind of person you want to model your culture in that locker room around. And I love the fact that Kyler Murray sees that. And if you see it, man, you respect it. It makes you, it forces you to respect it. And if you respect it, Basinonians, guess what you'll do? You'll model it. You'll do it yourself. One piece of uh, bonus standout sound for this week, just because I think we were all thinking this as the game ended. This is Kyler Murray walking off the field. How many pre-snap penalties we have? Yeah, that was the first three hours of our show on Monday. How many pre-snap penalties did we have is what he said right there. Yeah. That's still on the field walking off. I don't even know who he so was So that was a big piece of sound for you as well? Yeah, I mean, the Vance one stole, stole it for me. But yeah, uh, but yeah the, the Ky- there was another good Kyler bite. We'll get to that in just a second. Okay. Hard Truth. All right, hard truth, Wolf. This is what we learned. Something something each of us learned from the show last night because of the incredible access that HBO has when they do this show. And I think for me, this was pretty clear. This was uh, the easy winner. Everybody was talking about Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins getting into it on the sidelines on, on Sunday in that Seahawks game. The cameras caught it. You and I were both, I think, pretty consistent on Monday. Not a big deal. Yeah, I, I mean, correct. teammates yell at each other. I would say at any level of sports. It happens. Uh, but still, it was cool to hear what was actually said. This is Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in that argument they were having on the sideline that everybody saw. One, what you looking at, bro? What you see? Bro, you don't like that? You don't like the scene? You don't like the scene on the 50? Come on, come on, bro. That's wide open. Hey, offense, let's go. Let's go. Offense, offense, offense. Let's go. Offense, let's go. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win. It's, listen, same deal, nothing, listen, nothing they're doing, right? <laughs> Cliff interrupted, and they just went right yeah, back at it like was, two brothers. Yeah, there you go, right there. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think is really, really cool about DeAndre Hopkins. He will walk up to his teammates from time to time and challenge them and want some hard answers. You want to talk about hard truth? You want some answers. Hey, man, what you seeing? What's going on? Yeah, I, I love the accountability DeAndre Hopkins brings to the field. He holds himself accountable, number one, and then he'll walk up on anybody, and I do mean anybody, and hold them accountable. 
Good, I'm uh, with you, Hop. Good edit by uh, by HBO on that one too, because before that they showed DeAndre Hopkins just running free down the field like he was wide open. Here's uh, here's what you learned, Wolf. This is Cliff and Sean Jefferson talking about DeAndre Hopkins. You're ridiculous. I said, man, Hop, I told you. If your ass out here, just your personal name. No doubt, man. Fire like no doubt. The it's literally, they're going to look back at the season and they're going to have before Hop and after Hop. And it's going to be crazy to look at. And he needs to take pride in that. Like, yeah, I, 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 I thought he was just been good for so long. Yes, you don't even realize I thought that. he was just ignorant. Ignorant to the fact how impactful he is. Yeah. Boy, it sounds like a football field right there, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, that was just practice. Beep, beep. It does. It sounds like a football field, but right there, man, the importance just in practice of DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know... His impact is even more than what I suspected. And I thought he was going to have a huge impact on this team, not only in a tangible way on the field, but also the intangibles. I just don't know if I really knew how much of an impact he was going to have. And we'll get into this later on in the show. I was a little surprised how much that suspension impacted him. And we'll talk about that later. Show Stealer. Because now, Wolf, it's time for who stole the show last night. And I would say, look, we got to see a little bit of a different side of Kyler Murray, which is what I want out of this show. DeAndre Hopkins was very prominently featured. We don't get to hear a lot from him either. But to me, it was definitely Buda Baker. Um, and that shouldn't be a shock. And unfortunately, he's not going to be playing for the next few weeks. So I don't know how much is going to be on the show. But uh, but I would say definitely Buda. Here's that speech again. We need to step the f- up. All of us. All of us. Work harder, recover, watch more film. I'm tired of losing. This hurts my heart. I'm tired of losing at home. We need to get this together. Come on. Let's go, man. I love y'all boys, man. Let's go, man. Come on. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. Let's go. Yeah, Buddha was one of the main guys they followed around. This is Bill Davis talking to his team about Buddha. Man, I want to challenge you guys. Somebody play harder than Buddha in a game. Watch where this comes from here. Try to play harder. What kind of defense would we have? The best in the league. <laughs> if everybody played harder than Buddha Baker. Yeah, it was still Buddha Baker. I'm with you on this one. He stole the show. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. This was Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. And that Bill Davis cut there, I want to get into that a little bit deeper when we have the opportunity. What's great about Hard Knocks, too, is somebody different will steal the show next week, almost certainly. And then our final category, Wolf, and this may be the most important. The Wolf Count. Oh, Wolf. Oh, no. We heard you ten times in the show last night. First of all, I know nothing about this, based Uh, on the ends. I need you to know that. You were heard ten ten times, including in the first 20 seconds of the show. I texted Maloney. I was like, the guy that we had to remind, hey, you got to get into this, was the second voice we heard. We heard Dave Pash first, and we heard Wolf second. You know, it's funny, because I thought Dave Pash was actually narrating the whole thing. Yeah, Dave Pash and Liev Schreiber. Pash, we got to get ill behind. 
Padawan to talk to him about his performance. He's too busy. Uh, he's narrating next week's uh, cuts already. <laughs> All right, that was uh, that was Hard Knocks with Hard Rock. We're going to do that every Thursday. We will get back into Hard Knocks later on in the show, but uh, but that's the way we're going to do that segment every Thursday. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details. And you can just win tickets there as well. We come back. Last night's win over the Timberwolves was great. But just how important was it in the grand scheme of things? Maybe more important than you think. We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. A solid win for the Phoenix Suns in Minnesota last night. They get Orlando on uh, Friday, and Chris Paul has not been ruled out for that one. He's he's still very much uh, a possibility, I guess. But, I don't know, campaign playing the way he did last night makes it a little less urgent that you have to rush CP3 back, which is exactly what campaign's job is, especially this season, maybe more so than any other. Uh, but the other thing about that game last night, Wolf, is you watch it, and you're like, okay, you know, the Suns getting it done against a pretty good Minnesota team, a team a lot of people believe is a playoff team in the West. Uh, there's a lot of teams. You watch the Suns play, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, they're playing uh, New Orleans. That's a, that's a playoff team. A Dallas, that's a playoff team. Oh, yeah, okay, obviously Golden State. Okay, Minnesota. Well, everybody can't make the playoffs. Yeah. The Western Conference is loaded. Man. And so to beat a team like Minnesota, even though it might not seem that significant on November 9th, other than it's fun to watch the Suns win, it actually is pretty significant. You don't want to be, I really think you want to be like, a, you have to be a top three team in the West if you can do it. Because if you drop to four or five or six, you're going to be playing a really good team in the first round. And you certainly don't want to drop to seven, eight, nine, or ten, which I don't think the Suns are in danger of. All these wins over Western Conference teams, and they have stacked them early this season, are going to help them out a lot later in the season. Yeah, you know, I just watching them play last night, and again, we all know the injury situation with the Phoenix Suns and the fact you don't have Cam Johnson and you don't have Chris Paul out there on the floor. The the fact that you go out and you handle a team the way that they handled the T-Wolves, it just... um. It fills me with so much respect for them. It really does because it speaks to what they're trying to accomplish this year. And what they're trying to accomplish this year, I think, is to grow other players on this team into roles where if you've got to get into a playoff series and suddenly it's game six or game seven of that playoff series, and you can count on somebody else stepping up because the other team is focusing so much on taking away a Devin Booker or taking away a Chris Paul. Um, that's going to pay off in spades when they get into a series like that. That's why the campaign stuff last year was was so strange because he has already proven he can step up in a big playoff game. I, and I, I look, I get his track record before he was with the Suns. He was all over the globe playing basketball. I, I get that. But Monty Williams recognized something. He comes to Phoenix, and, and two years ago, he's starting Western Conference Finals games, and they're winning those games. That's what was so weird last year, one of many things. And that Dallas series was that they didn't trust him to go to him. And I know he wasn't nearly as good last year. Right. But it was like, Chris Paul isn't right. Why can't you go to camp? You don't have anybody you can go 
to. We're watching a fraction right. of Chris Paul out there. You know, we. I'm so glad you brought up campaign and what he did the year before, right? How yeah. well campaign played. And then all of a sudden last year going into it and why the Phoenix Suns had such high expectations for campaign. There are two ways, Basinonians, two ways that a player will go when he gets to a watershed moment in his career where he goes out and experiences the kind of success that campaign did in that Western Conference game, right? The finals game. Um, you can get better because all of a sudden the confidence just overwhelms yeah, you. Yeah, you unlock and something. And you're like, oh yeah. my goodness, this is the guy. I, I know how to do it now. I know that I can do it. And it gives you confidence and you mature and you grow and you get better. Or... It can work against you if you don't have your guard up. Well, yeah, this is a, of course, this is who I am. This is what I do. You know, I'm going to go out. What was the Andy Isabella quote? Right. Okay. Word for word. Okay. So I guess what I'm saying is, um, I think campaign learned a lesson. Let's hope he learned a lesson. Let's hope he, he, he doesn't take it for granted. Let's hope he is motivated going forward. And I think that he is. And I think he's hopefully learned a lesson. We'll see. Only time will tell. Now, even with him playing that way and Mikel dropping 31 on Minnesota last night with the four steals and the nine rebounds and everything else I read off earlier, they are, they are thin. You know, behind now, now you're you're leaning on campaign. Well, that's great. Campaign can step in for Chris Paul. Okay, but right now, for the course of the season, Chris Paul may not play again on Friday. You know, you're just, you're thin. You're a much thinner team right now than you were a year ago at this time. James Jones on with Burns and Gambo yesterday said, "Yeah, okay, that's true, but he doesn't feel pressure to make any moves right now." No, I mean I'm, I'm always monitoring that, but I mean I can't, you know, like knee jerk reaction to just go and try to short term just throw someone in the mix doesn't make sense for us uh, we have guys that have been a part of this and guys that are, are playing you know it's a tough spot for us but we go as, as Chris Devin Mikhail and DeAndre go um, you know the rest of our guys have been been great you know I, I understand the Jay Crowder situation and, and being light with the fours with Cam uh, we will address that at some point um, but in the short term we're just going to make sure when we address it we address it with an eye towards the long term <laughs> interesting okay um, in the short term we're going to address it with an eye towards the long term <laughs> Isn't that what, what he just that said mean? right yeah, there? Yeah, hold on. Now I'm trying to think. That like, means Jay Crowder is not coming back. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, you know, and, well, I, 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 guess, I officially gave up on that yesterday. Uh, yeah. Oh, yesterday? Yesterday. Okay, was like I the, didn't. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> there, was, there was a shred. There was still the shred of hope. And what I just heard from James Jones is no. We'll address it in the short term by addressing it in the long term. Yeah, that's. So are they? I mean, that sounds like they are looking for a, a younger for player a, yes. that they're going to build around. Yes. Not you know, not some guy that just got drafted this year. Or I don't think they're looking for draft picks, obviously. But um, that is that is a pretty specific answer. It's a specifically vague answer, isn't it? Except for the very end. If you could just play the end again, just pull that. Can you do that and just play the end? Can, you don't, you can't. Oh my do you like like an engineer to you? Uh, I mean, honestly, go ahead, Rick. You're back there sitting behind the gr- the glass. Go ahead and cut that thing up right, well, to where we the, just the reason, get the end the reason of what he said. That I can't just play the end is because I really want to play this clip oh, right oh, here. Oh, okay, good. I, I have my Driver, yeah, do directed it. in other areas. Uh, Devin Booker has played 81 minutes in the last two games. He had 32 and 10 last night night 32 and 10 assists um 
we had this conversation earlier in the week. Yes, Devin Booker can do all this. Are you comfortable piling this much work on Devin Booker for 82 games and then just assuming he's not going to have a couple off nights in the playoffs if you do that. James Jones talked about that as well. Schedule dictates a lot of it. Um, whenever you go on the road, the first game of a road trip, guys want to get that first road win. Um, we lost Chris during the game, so you really can't adjust rotations on the fly um, for, and expect the guys that are you know, potentially not getting minutes to get 14 minutes in and be a part of it. So I think we'll be better equipped going forward. But, you know, Devin's going to play 30-something minutes. And and if we get a, you know, if we get the schedule, days off, and if we have some success, uh, we can monitor that. But, you know, our, our goal isn't to play Devin 45 minutes a night. Um, he's he's, he's going to be able to play his normal minutes and, and guys like DeAndre and, and Mikel step up. This is where it would be nice if the West wasn't quite so stacked. But this is why it's also encouraging to see them go out there and handle Minnesota last night because Minnesota, again, is a quality team. I don't think they're anywhere near the level of the Suns, but they're a quality team, and Anthony Edwards is a beast. Yeah. And they held Carl Anthony Towns to two points in the first half, and they were up by 22 entering the fourth. you got to have nights like that. We're, unfortunately, Mikel Bridges and Devin Booker don't get to take minutes off in the fourth quarter right now because they don't have enough players. Yeah. You know, it was so interesting. Devin Booker exploded in the second half. He had 10 points in the first half. Very benign 10 points right there out to Devin Booker. And he exploded in the second half to a point where I I thought somebody said something to him. Somebody challenged him. Somebody on the T-Wolves. Have we seen him do that before, by the way? Somebody, Somebody challenged Devin Booker. I think he went off in that second half. As a matter of fact, I know he went off in that second half. Um, listening to Eddie Johnson, as a matter of fact, after the the game, listening to him talk about what he saw from Deep Book, uh, Tom Chambers as well was talking about it. I just absolutely agreed. You could see his intensity level in that second half skyrocket. Why? <laughs> Why does that happen? Typically, Basinonians, that happens because somebody says something to you. The wrong person says the wrong thing to you at the right time. And suddenly it explodes a great talent like Devin Booker. And it certainly did that last night, I think. Look, it's Devin Booker. We know Minnesota said the wrong thing to him at the right time last year. Would you really put it past Booker to to sit down in the locker room at halftime and just kind of think about what happened in the first half and then remember what they said to him eight months ago and go out and make them pay for it again? Yeah. Uh, That that has Devin Booker written all over it. Okay, nothing's happening in this game. I'm going to make you pay for what you said to me last March. There's a lot of times when Carl Anthony Towns would be on him, he'd wave everybody off, yeah. right? Well, he doesn't have any friends. Uh, yeah. He made that clear last wonder year. wonder why that he doesn't is. doesn't have any friends when he yeah. plays Minnesota. Interesting. Uh, okay, when we come back, Buda Baker has already been ruled out for Week 10, so how can the Cardinals defense make up for that loss on Sunday? We're going to ask 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander in the lowdown next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.